0: Wonder how that woman came up with her cool idea and turned it into a business? Listen in to find out how. Welcome to Women Inspired. I'm your host, Linda Ugalow, and on this show we speak to women and a few cool dudes, artists, healers, entrepreneurs, and change makers about what it takes to put their dreams into action. And today I have with me an author and speaker, Anita Jeter-Peterkin. Welcome! Thank you. Thank you for having me, Linda. I'm so glad to have you here. I mean, we've, we've spoken kind of through the airwaves. Yes. And now we've gotten a chance to meet, and we've spent some time together which, today, which has been really special. It has been awesome. <laughs> so I want you to tell me, because this is something we haven't spoken about, tell me about your, your book and what you speak about and how it all came to be.
1: Yes. Well, my book came to be... With a tragedy and a dream. Um, over the years, I've always wanted to write, I've always wanted to start my own business, but during that journey, it collided with a tragedy and it was a curveball. And that's what I do now. I, I work with people and help them follow their dreams when life has thrown them a curveball or two. And my curveball, the one that collided with my dream, It was me being diagnosed with breast cancer over 30 years ago at the age of 23. Wow. Yeah, I was given one year to live. I was going into stage four breast cancer. I had three little children, and my doctors told me that I would probably not survive the year. Yeah. So I have taken my life experiences, the tragedies, the curveballs, the goods, the ups, and the downs, and I have turned it into a blessing to others. So I share my story and I reach out to women through speaking, through writing, through workshops, and also through what I call my Me, Myself and I days, that my foundation, which is Wrapped in Pink Breast Cancer Organization, we do the Me, Myself and I days for women that are going through, have gone through, or are facing treatment or breast cancer. And it's just something really really nice and simple, but it's great because it gets them away from the everyday life, everyday hustle and bustle, and it gives them some time to go get a massage, go out to lunch or dinner with another, maybe one or two other women, and they get to share their stories, and they get to lean on each other, and they get to learn from each other how to cope, how to move on from something that used to be called our death sentence. Mm. Wow. It's quite a story, but I want to go back
0: yes to when you were 23. Yes. 3 kids. 3 kids. <laughs> I just cannot imagine what that must have felt like. What how how did you like what did what did you do to turn it around? What was going on in your mind if you remember or you must because you write yes, about it? Yes. What was going on in your mind? How did you make the
1: the diagnosis or the prognosis a different one for yourself. Absolutely. Well, I can tell you from the start, it was my family. I have a strong support system. My mother, may she rest in peace, Mama Ruth, and her sisters, her brothers, my father, my children, and my sisters and brothers and my cousins. I mean, my whole tribe. They got me through this. Um, I was afraid at first, uh, and there was a lot of fear. It wasn't the fear of actually dying. It was the fear of leaving my children here mm. to be raised without a mother. Mm-hmm. And that was my biggest fear with that. But through the operation, my mother said, when I came through the doors, when they were rolling me into the recovery room, she said, I was just praising God and saying, thank you, Lord, for giving me another chance at life. Mm. I don't remember that, but she said, that's all I was saying. And I believe to this day, God gave me another chance at life. Wow.
0: So, so you've been making something of that chance by giving back. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, what are, what are some of the things that, you know, cancer, breast cancer is so common. Yes. How do, what's the, what are the messages that you want
1: women to know who are facing that? The number one thing is, if you see something, feel something, say something. 20, 30 years ago when I was 23, I was actually 22, I had gone in for an exam and there was a little tiny bump, a little bitty bump on my left side. And my doctor said that they wanted to do a biopsy. At 23, I didn't know what a biopsy was. I'm like, I'm young, why are you gonna stick me with the needle, you know? And um, when they said they were gonna do that, I didn't return. I was scared, I, I was afraid. It took me a year to go back, but that little tiny little tiny bump was a big size lump when I went back a year later. Mm. And um, they did emergency surgery. As a matter of fact, I was graduating, um, I was graduating from with my associate's degree in business. And the day that I actually got out of the hospital, my family rushed me to Norfolk, to our graduation ceremony at the Norfolk scope and I ran down the aisle, they had already called everyone, and I ran, and I was like, hold on, wait for me. <laughs> I was like, it's me, I need a Jeter. And they waited, and they allowed me to walk across that stage. And the reason why it was so important for me, because like I said, I was a young mother. I had had three children by the time I was 18. I had dropped out of school, I went back and got a general education, and that was, that meant so much to me, to get an associate's degree in business. So they allowed me to walk across that stage, and, you know, I waived my diploma, and it was the greatest thing. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's just kind of emotional because with um, being a young mother, you know, I'd already been labeled statistic number three. You know, you're young, you're making real bad choices, your life is over, and I didn't want to prove the world wrong, but I wanted to prove myself right. And I did everything in my power. I have beautiful children. They're all grown, except for the 16-year-old, will be 16, that still lives at home. But they're respectable children. They all have um, great careers. And they did the total opposite of what society thought my children would be. So for a 23-year-old, I think that was great.
0: <laughs> uh, definitely. That must be a big pride. Yes. yes. That's incredible. Yes. So, so. But you didn't die at age 24. Why not? You know what was it that the everything they
1: thought wouldn't happen happened? Or I think it was a uh, it was a lot of things. One, it was God. I know God saved me. He, he 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 gave me another chance at life. But over all that, I believe it was my attitude, my mental attitude. I went through that year. Yeah, I was afraid here and there, but for the most part, I was like, I don't have it. You know, I, I, I fought it. I fought it with all my might. And I woke up every morning. I was ready to live. I was ready to raise my children. I was ready to move on with the same things that I've always done. You know, when I woke up, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm still here. I can walk. I can see. I can talk. Wait a minute. I'm still alive. Yeah. So I my motto today is it's a great day to be alive, so <laughs> let's live it. Yeah, <laughs> Every day that you wake up, you're yeah. alive, and you get another chance to live it. Wow, And that's, I think that's what really got me through those years, and, of course, the support of my family. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And you're still doing that. Still doing still it. Still doing it. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> so yes, awesome. Yes, So, So the first thing, you're, uh, what you would recommend to other people is don't wait.
1: Don't wait. What, what's the next thing? The next thing is fear only has as much power as you give it. I was afraid at 23 what might have come. I, I, I didn't even think I had breast cancer. I was just afraid of the needles. But I gave that fear power. And I gave it enough power that it could have taken my life. So I said, when you have that fear, dig deep down inside way down inside and pull up all the hope, the faith, and the trust that you have, have with yourself and you have with God. And I believe that that will take you. Now, I can't say that that's gonna cure everything, but I believe that mental attitude, just believing in that fear, not letting it, you know, rise up and take over your life will get you through a lot of this. Mm. And that could be with any curveball, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, illness, losing your job, broken marriages, losing a loved one, the, all those curveballs. when that fear comes up, have all the faith, hope, and trust that you can possibly have in yourself and in God to get you through that. Mm. yeah <laughs> well
0: i I've been doing a fair amount of research these days about the, the biochemistry of emotion mm. And fear in particular, because as a coach, and I help people overcome fear, generally in being in front of the camera or Mm -hmm. going on stage, but when we are afraid, of course, there's a lot of cortisol and adrenaline going through the body, and a little bit of stress is shown to be very helpful, a little bit. But if you have a lot of that going through, it really shuts down a yes. lot of the body's functioning. Yes. So what you seem to be saying is, don't let those chemicals, you know, drown you, no. but pull out another set of chemicals where you feel trust and yes. you feel gratitude yes. and live from that place. Absolutely. So whatever time we have, and of course we all are time limited, right? Right. Whatever time we have, we can live with that attitude.
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That's beautiful. So what's the name of your book? The name of my book is, and this copy is for you, Oh, thank it's you. Wrapped in Pink, A Poetic Story of Surviving Breast Cancer Through Fear, Faith, Trust, and Hope. But the kicker to this is told in poetic form. It's rhyme and reason. It's my whole story told in poetic form rhyme and reason and the way this book came about I've been wanting to write a book for years but um, I wanted to write about my experience so that I could reach a wider a bigger um, amount of people so that you know maybe this book would touch someone that was going through give them that little bit of hope that little bit of faith that can just take them over you know because a lot of people when they lose faith they lose hope they stress and they worry and have that fear it caused more illness and what really is there. So my aunt, my aunt Ruby Taylor, and my cousin Keisha, they came and um, they picked me up in Connecticut, Stanford, Connecticut, took me to a hotel, put me up for a night, because I was like, oh, we don't want to write. And I tell you, they prayed over me, and when they left that room, I fell asleep, and when I woke up, I just started writing, and the words were just, they were just flowing. From my head, to my fingers, to the pen, to the paper. I didn't know what was going on. I couldn't believe it, but it was just going. And it was, everything was in poetic form. Everything was rhyming. It was my story. It was what had happened to me. And the next morning, that book was almost completed. I put that notebook away for about a week and just totally forgot about it. And I was talking to one of my daughters, I have a daughter, Latoya, Visha. my son Victor and Andre, I gotta say something to them. But I was talking to um, Navisha, and I was like, oh, I have this book. And I looked in it, I was sitting out waiting for a train, and lo and behold, there was a book that had been written that I really had almost no memory of doing. I really questioned myself, like, did you do this? It was my handwriting, so I knew it was me. It wasn't typed, it was handwritten. And that book was Birth. And then it was so great. I had a book release event in Hampton, Virginia, and that's where I'm from, Newport News in Hampton. And all my family and friends came out. Everyone was dressed in pink and white. Uh, The place was beautiful, and we released the book, and I just moved on with that, and I started promoting the book, starting speaking more about breast cancer awareness, and just taking the organization to a different level
0: wow what a story (laughs) (laughs) that's incredible yes yes so now you also have
1: a like a mentoring business also what is that called I do it's called Empower to produce and I worked on this for a couple of years I invested in myself I invested in coaching training to um, put this business together. Because it was gonna start out as a sales, you know, because I love sales. I, that's what I do on my nine to five, I'm a salesperson. I love being called a salesperson because I'm a good one. <laughs> I, I, I don't mind that title, because I take care of my customers, I give them what they want, and then I give the co- the company what they want, and I give myself what I want. But um, last year, when I was about to launch my business, another curveball hit me. I was hit from behind and uh, the lady was going about 55 miles per hour. And my head hit the back of the seat, a bucket seat, and I had a real bad head injury. And still to this day, I'm, you know, being treated for it, but it's a lot better. And although I wanted to not launch my business, I went on and did the launch anyway. But I had to kind of put it to the side for a little while because I really couldn't think, I couldn't focus. Anything that had to do with my brain um, working, it hurt. So I had to put that off for a little while, but I'm back into it now. And I love, I just love inspiring women. You know what? Men, you know, a few good men. (laughs) Inspiring them, uh, motivating them, and igniting them to take action so that they can follow their dreams even when life throws them a curveball.
0: So who who are your mentees? Are they women who are... Wanting to leave the jobs they have and do something different, or are they moms that have been at home? What's
1: there? It's a it's a wide range of women. It's women that just want to do things that either they procrastinated on, they felt like they didn't have the confidence to do, or they just kind of gave up and put that dream on a shelf and said, "I'll do it later." Mm. So these are the women. These are the women that I like, you know, mentoring. These are the women that I like reaching out to because I've been in their shoes and I have the experience and I can show them that curveball does not have to take you down.
0: Mm.
1: Yes. Wow.
0: I well, I'm inspired. <laughs> Whenever I feel like a curveball hits me, I know who to call.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm going to be titled the curveball queen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. for sure. Yes. Yes. Wow, that's great. So,
0: I have a box I call a wild card pick mm-hmm. where I just invite people to pick a card and to see, to just t- speak a little bit about what it means to them in their business or in their life. Would you do yes. that?
1: Yes. It's yours. Oh. My card is titled Letting Go. Mm. Hmm. That's deep. <laughs> Based on. My wonderful time I've had with you today, and I tell you, I, I don't believe that things just happen for uh, by circumstance. I believe everything happens for a reason. And the time I spent with you today and the vibe that I've had all day has been something that has been really sticking me in the side. I started this business or this organization Wrapped in Pink to help women. And I was funding a lot of it out of my own pocket with the help of little, you know, fundraisers here or there. And it came to the point where I really couldn't help the women that I had sought out to help. But I felt bad because I was like, this is breast cancer. God saved my life. He gave me this book. I'm not supposed to earn any money off of it. I'm not supposed to make this a business. But it's wrong. And, and I know it's been, it's been sticking me in the side because God has been saying, let go of your thoughts. This isn't about you. This is about me. This book was written from me. Your circumstances were given by me. You are here because of me. So let go and let God. This is letting go and let God. Mm. I can't help people if I can't help myself. And I can't help myself if I'm taking everything from me to put out to try to help other people. God has given me all the tools, the materials, to do what it is, my purpose here, with Wrapped in Pink. And I've been fighting it because of my own reasons. Because I don't feel that I should, oh, what are people going to say? If you're making a lot of money off these books, they're going to say, oh. She's using breast cancer. What are people going to say if, you know, this organization goes worldwide? Oh, she's using her health to get to another level. I guess that was that fear. That was that fear. But today, when I sat with you, I don't know why you brought that conversation into our existence, but it happened and I felt it. I felt God saying, let go and let God, and today, I know I'm excited to be here on television, (laughs) but more than that, I had a breakthrough today. Mm. I thought I was coming here to give to other people. I came here and got something that God has been trying to give to me for years, for over three years with this organization and with this book. It's telling me to let go.
0: Well, Anita, I've been sitting here with chills the whole time you speak. I can't thank you enough for having come today and being on the show. So, I'm going to put in the show notes about where people can get in touch with you because you have so much to share where they can get the book. Yes. And I think that you're going to be giving away want a a copy so we'll also put that in the show notes yes
1: absolutely thanks so much thank you for having me you are an angel (laughs) you are you're an angel to women and the platform that you give us to share our stories thank you
0: and thank you all for coming on to women inspired please catch us in the next episode Thank you for listening to Women Inspired. The show is recorded live in the studios of Bedford TV in Massachusetts. Music courtesy of Sheik Gamin. If you like this episode, please leave a review or comment. You can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or watch all the TV episodes of Women Inspired with the show notes and links at www.lindayugalo.com forward slash TV.